This is the Back of House News Podcast, where we cover the biggest restaurant and food service industry headlines. This week, we discuss the implications of the latest jobs report, a big change from Yelp, and startling news around egg supply. It's Thursday, April 7th. I'm Claudia Sarek. Did you know that Yelp is about more than just restaurant reviews? Yelp Guest Manager can help you with your reservations, waitlist management, front-of-house operations, and more. Visit backofhouse.io today to schedule your demo and receive a $100 gift card. In today's top story, the latest jobs report has some mixed news for restaurants. For more, we welcome Back of House editor Matt Lynch. Welcome back, Matt. Thanks, Claudia. Good to be back. So I know the most recent jobs report dropped late last week. What's the latest as far as restaurants are concerned? So yeah, the top line news for restaurants is that the industry added 61,000 jobs in March. Uh, That's according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, which releases the monthly data. And That's actually 15 consecutive months of positive growth, which on the surface, you know, feels really good. But uh, digging a little deeper, uh, things might not be as positive as they look on the surface. Mm, Okay, you got me excited there. So what's the bad news? So that 61,000 actually represents the smallest monthly increase over that uh, 15 months time span I mentioned, Mm. uh, which would seem to suggest hiring is slowing a bit. Uh, Just to pull back and take a little bit wider view. All in all, the industry added 252,000 jobs in Q1 of 2022. And that's the smallest quarterly growth since Q4 of 2020, when we were, you know, still pretty in the thick of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when you say 252,000 jobs, I think that that's a lot. But Uh, Then when you hear about the slowdown, it's definitely discouraging. So how do things compare at this point based on where the industry was at at the start of the pandemic versus now? Yeah, so industry wide, uh, it's still 820,000 jobs. So, you know, just short of a million below where the industry was at at February 2020 uh, pre-pandemic hiring levels. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's worth bearing in mind there that, you know, a number of restaurants have closed in this time. So, you know, not thus aren't looking to hire people. But still, you know, that's a significant gap between, uh, in theory, where you'd think the industry would like to be. And, you know, the good news is, obviously, hiring is still outpacing turnover. 15 straight months of growth is good. Uh, But it's just not at the levels needed to catch up to the pre-pandemic. If current trends hold, you're probably looking at, uh, experts say, still a year or so away uh, to, you know, catching up to that uh, pre-pandemic mark. Mm -hmm. But, you know... As we've learned the past couple of years, trying to predict anything a year out is uh, a little bit dicey, but uh, it's pretty clear we're not catching up to pre-pandemic hiring at any time in the near, near term. Yeah, it doesn't sound like it. So what are some recommendations for restaurant operators then? Uh, Yeah, obviously, you know, the need need to staff is not a new issue over these past couple of years. So a lot of operators obviously feel like they're already leaving no stone unturned when it comes to hiring. Uh, but, you know, really just exploring every avenue at your disposal uh, to bring new people in, identify candidates, create a better value proposition for potential employees. Uh, I mean, talk to your employees and find out, you know, what, what they're looking for, what is attractive to them, not just taking a job, but actually staying in a job, Uh, you know, to the extent that you're able, offer higher wages, scheduling flexibility, and any other benefits that you 
uh, hear or, or feel like is going to help not just bring people in, but retain them. And, and that's the big thing the, the restaurant being a high turnover industry is not new. That's just kind of the nature of it. It was that way pre pandemic. It's likely to stay that way, but taking whatever steps are in your control to build that kind of culture where people want to stick around can really right. go a long way. You know, it's always easier and more cost effective to retain your best people rather than trying to find and train somebody new. So uh, that retention and hiring really, really do go hand in hand and just dialing into that as much as you're able to, uh, can go a long way. Yeah. That's great advice. And I, I completely agree. It's so much easier to retain than it is to find, to find new. So thank you very much, Matt. Appreciate it as always. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Claudia. From staffing, we turn to another challenge that's been at the top of operators' minds recently, and that's inflation. Two out of every three small businesses have raised prices in the past year amid the highest inflation in four decades, per a new survey by MetLife and the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. Nearly half of these businesses said they'd cut staff or take out loans, while a third said inflation was their biggest concern at the moment. Said the U.S. Chamber's vice president for small business policy, quote, inflation is top of mind for small businesses as it continues to limit their purchasing power. This is forcing small businesses to raise their prices and absorb higher costs within already thin margins, end quote. Larger chains like Chipotle and Chick-fil-A have already rolled out price hikes, with more planned, so it's worth keeping in mind that consumers are already prepared for higher menu prices. The previously mentioned challenges of the past couple of years have reportedly left larger and more robustly resourced franchise chains equipped to take an even larger share of the market creating both heightened local competition for independence and a potential opportunity for those in a position to capitalize on franchising. According to a report from investment bank Rabobank, large-scale franchises increased their market share from 28% in 2021, up from 19% in 2012. Advantages like the ability to negotiate more readily with delivery companies and having more resources to deploy toward new technology help explain the growth. In another development from the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, the nation's biggest business lobbying group doesn't want cities to cap the fees that delivery apps charge restaurants. New York City, for one, has capped those fees at 20%. Delivery platform Uber Eats, DoorDash, and Grubhub sued in federal court, saying the price control is an overreach. And the U.S. Chamber of Commerce has filed a brief in agreement, saying the ordinance harms restaurants and delivery drivers alike. To stay viable, the brief states, platforms will have to try to pass along costs to consumers in the form of higher fees, and users of the platform may suffer reductions in service quality, such as longer wait times and a smaller delivery radius. The fee cap began as a temporary measure during the pandemic, but gained support as restaurants struggled. More than 1,000 New York City food establishments closed between March and November of 2020 alone. Some restaurants' public records are about to become even more public. The review giant Yelp just teamed up with Seattle-based Hazel Analytics to post local health department data on its platform. 
As restaurants continue to grapple with COVID protection measures, Yelp says making health inspection grades more visible is a move that historically has prompted restaurants to better protect health and safety. Finally, as if there weren't already enough supply chain and inflation issues, an outbreak of avian flu is reportedly poised to impact the nation's supply of chicken eggs, with Easter egg decorating season right around the corner, no less. The USDA reported the outbreak has spread to 24 states and impacted approximately 18 million hens. Experts have suggested that egg prices could rise as much as a dollar per dozen in the next month. That's all for this week, folks. Bye-bye.